Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. Like, wait a minute, nobody taught me what I need to say or how I need to say it or how am I going to relate to these people? What do they want to know? Like, what is it that I could say that could tap into their emotions? And that's that's what I like to offer through. For me, the leverage came from decades of experience, seeing people in their worst moments or going through their worst experiences and learning for myself how to process all of that stuff, those two stories translate because it, it helped me to realize that very early on, when you see a problem happen more than once, then it's time to learn something new. Don't just get through the day and survive it and grin and bear it. Learn something intentionally that's gonna intervene the next time. Our ego sets us up for failure because we're not willing to have anything that's less than perfect. So if my website doesn't look like so-and-so's, then forget it, I'm not just doing it all. And that's, you lose before you even start if we take that stance. Wherever you are now does not mean that's where you need to be a month from now or a year from now or even an hour from now. There's always, the, the things you're doing and the impact you're having and creating is a matter of how much you're willing to learn and how much effort you're willing to put into getting better at whatever it is you want to achieve. Hi there, this is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World Podcast. Welcome to another new episode, an interview format of Face World. If you're new to the show, welcome. So thrilled that you're here. We are a special kind of podcast that focuses on the unsung heroes and self-made artists. And we have six key categories of people who we like to interview all the time, from having fun on the job to entrepreneurs uh, who are building a tribe or building tribes on their own to uh, people who are living their art, uh, people who are working in Cirque du Soleil or performing arts or Broadway and uh, paying forward people working in social services. So we would love for you to uh, discover some of these categories uh, at phaseworld.com, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, because we're a boutique podcast. Every single listener counts, and we love hearing from you. And I personally respond to all the messages, the emails. So today, I would like to welcome Aaron Keith Hawkins on the show. So Aaron is the host of Unbreakable Success Podcast. He is also a high-performance coach who loves working with entrepreneurs and those looking to create a powerful impact with their business and life. Now, you may be thinking, if you have heard some of the previous episodes of Face World, that recently we have interviewed quite a number of coaches. And uh, to be honest, I also feel like a lot of my close uh, network of people right now are working as executive coach. But Aaron has a unique background because Aaron graduated from the FBI National Academy, and he has spent over two decades as public servant. 
he is currently a police captain serving his New Jersey community as a law enforcement executive. I have talked to a lot of executive coaches, but Aaron is the first one who has such background, and I was just so fascinated. And what I also love about Aaron is he is that he is also very relatable. If you head over to AaronKeithHawkins.com, you'll notice that the website contains a lot of information from podcasts to ebooks and to a uh, self-published book. Aaron has authored and which you can get a free copy, a PDF sent to you right away. If you live in the US, he will also send a hard copy to you. Aaron isn't like me who has a background in digital marketing and knows how to build websites and all that jazz, but he did it all by himself. And we talk about that precisely on the show. And it's really uh, a message out to people. Doesn't matter who you are, what you do, these skills can be obtained, like Aaron did. So what's also unique about this episode is that originally Aaron was uh, going to interview me on his show, and we ended up saying, hey, what if we record this episode and we are like two good friends having a conversation, and uh, let's produce two episodes out of the same recording, one for your show and one for mine, and that's essentially what happened. And I jumped in, probably asked Aaron uh, a bunch of questions more than he did from me. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, experiment and these stories. If you have any feedback, you know we love to hear from you. Uh, We are at FaceWorld everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Old-fashioned emails are just as welcome. Faye, F-E-I, at faceworld.com. And we love, love if you choose to subscribe to the show. We'd love to hear from you and uh, see you again. Without further ado, please enjoy this two-way conversation between Aaron and me. I'll see you at the end of the show. Hi, everyone. This is Faye Wu from Face World. I'm so thrilled to be here with Aaron Keith Hawkins. And uh, Aaron and I were introduced through Jocelyn Duffy, whose episode uh, would have been released at this point. Um, but Aaron is an incredible entrepreneur and also a podcaster and also a police officer. So just imagine the snippets and the sound bites that you're going to be getting from this episode. So, so glad Aaron is here. And of course, welcome everybody to Unbreakable Success Podcast. As you can tell, this is not the average, ordinary episode for for us here on Unbreakable Success. And we're here with uh, with Faye, who has uh, Faye's World Podcast. Faye, I love the premise of your show and what you're up to. Um, you know, really highlighting those unsung heroes and the artists, and, and really getting into getting into sharing stories of, of people who may otherwise be not as recognized as they should be. So we're going to do this dual, po- uh, dual episode for one another's shows and just kind of kick some thoughts back and forth. And first and foremost, the main premise of this, obviously, is to share something with each of our listeners. So everybody has to walk away from this episode with some really good nuggets of wisdom uh, so that we can help each other gain some insights from uh, our individual journeys. And this is going to be a lot of fun. So let's just do this. (laughs) Super excited. Let's do it. 
Yeah, sounds good. Well, uh, let me let me jump on into uh, your story real quick because this will be a great opportunity for not just my listeners but yours get to know kind of your story a little bit more and what you're up to. So, and give us a snapshot of that, if you will, what you're up to today, and and then we can get into how you kind of got here. Sure. So what I'm doing today, right in the middle of 2018, I still can't believe it's already middle of the year. So what I'm now up to, sort of a few years into the podcast, is I am working on an online course to help English-speaking podcasters to yeah. uh, launch a show in China and on a single platform alone called Simalaya, which is Himalayas in English, uh, there are 500 million listeners, and that's precisely two times the amount of listeners on iTunes. Um, working on that course, I am working on a Chinese podcast. I'm also going to be launching on that very platform in addition to the English podcast I've had for three and a half years. And finally, it's a documentary that's in the work in the middle of, of uh, sort of workshopping and figuring mm-hmm. out the premise and all that with between me and two to three other producers. So three different things that are, you know, I need to yeah. leverage my quote unquote superpower as a project manager for the past 10 years to make that all fit in and work. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I know you're you're majorly busy. Uh, I love, uh, we talked a few days ago and we talked about this idea of helping you helping English speaking, primarily English speaking podcasters share their show in China with this this massive untapped audience as far as, you know, from here in the States, it's really an untapped audience for which creates this big opportunity both for new listeners to learn and for, you know, existing podcasters just to broaden their reach. I, I love the idea and I like to flatter myself sometimes by saying I'm creative, but that the simplicity, but the brilliance of it just blew me away. So I, I, I love the idea. If I can ask, how did this podcast journey start for you in its inception? Like what made you decide that you're going to be this podcaster? Not only that, you're also going to like help others do this and create a real revenue stream without it. Because I know one of your biggest, one of the things I love about you is you have this premise of helping people really create a living and a lifestyle podcasting without being somewhat of a slave to the download numbers and being overly drawn into data and statistics and really getting overwhelmed with that. Obviously, information is important, but I love how you kind of, you have this organic approach to your show and organic approach to podcasting as a potential career path. How did that kind of play out for you? You know, that's such an interesting question. It took me a while to really connect the dots because we live, we, we get into the groove and we live our lives the way we do for a long time. Not until recently, I haven't really shared this on other uh, podcasts before. I realized as I was growing up, my mom has instilled the sense of counterintuitiveness like in me. Like she was yeah. the unconventional parent uh, in okay. China, which was a pretty difficult thing to do. So I remember when I was six or seven, every single child from our neighbor started learning the piano. So by the time they were 11 or 12, after all the beating and hard work, I mean, they all went on to like professional level of some sort. Mm-hmm. And my mom made sure that I did not do that. She is like the Seth Godin in China. <laughs> She's the one who asked to look the other way. And I say that. Yeah. So what I ended up doing are playing baseball, playing ice hockey, the sports that didn't even exist in China. Somehow she found places for me to do it because I enjoy doing that and to stay active. 
what what's interesting about that example is I look at podcasting for a couple of years since I started working on it, and I look at the downloads. There were not some of them were fantastic. Some of them were not, you know, not exactly like the stories that you would hear from everywhere, you know, JLD being one of them, but she's, he's really up there. And then, you know, Tim Ferriss, celebrities, all these people. So I asked myself, it has to be something different, you know, Mm -hmm. that if the majority of the people want to do this for a long time, and I want myself and you, Aaron, and everybody I met who are delivering these stories are like slightly under the radar uh, to be yeah. published. There has to be another way. So get to the punchline, you know, when you are an entrepreneur, the hardest thing is to be selling and marketing yourself consistently. And podcast has organically become the thing. In a way, yeah. you can say that you're not even you're not even paying for it. But for me, I figure out a way for the podcast itself to generate real revenue for the past two and a half years. And, uh, and really it kind of helped me to establish a sustaining business generated, uh, all the leads, you know, new customers were generated from the podcast. Yeah. I love that. Now, is this, um, the framework for what you do? Is that something you kind of came up with like uh, just on your, on your own, just kind of, you know, there's those ideas pop in your head. So let me try this. Or were you inspired uh, specifically by somebody, someone or somebody or, or something, even in another industry, is there something that kind of sparked the steps to take that you thought might actually make what you're doing sustainable? So I think I did not think much about selling. I don't think I came from a background where both of my parents are artists, by the way, and yeah. they didn't teach me a thing about finance. My mom still needs me to organize, comb through the statements of like CDs yeah. and investments that she made. So, you know, for me, within 10 episodes of releasing Face World, the first 10 episodes were family and friends. I started to okay. notice that people were reaching out to me. In this particular case, Christina Reed was this profound producer for so many Disney animations, reached out to me and said she was hoping to reinvent herself. And even before her mm-hmm. kids went to college, actually, which was interesting, she didn't want to wait yeah. anymore. She wanted to do something different. She said if I could help her. From that point on, I received so many more requests in the form of in the forms of the guests reaching out to my, to me said, "Thanks for learning so much about me. By the way, I read your story. You're a digital marketer. I, I'm not so sure, but could you help me with X, Y, and Z?" And yeah. uh, you know, there are many many questions along that line, and even uh, even referrals like so such well written referrals from guests to say. I don't need anything right now, but I'm going to introduce you five different people who may need your help with digital marketing, website building, design, which is mind blowing. And I went from not knowing what to do with it to, uh, sure, you know, let's explore how we can work together. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it, so you really, you're just meeting people and they're discovering really what your, your skills and, and skill sets are, even outside of being an interview and that just kind of leveraged itself into relationship building is what it sounds like is is being able to make connections influencing people so that they they trust you they like you they know what your skills are and then from there even after the episode you're able to branch out into other 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 efforts if you will other works to to bring in some revenue that's that's pretty cool i feel like this is not news to you aaron because yeah. one thing i realize 
is, wow, this could work for me. I really want to share this with other, with other people. And I know yeah. that people already see the tip of the iceberg, but they were mm-hmm. hesitant whether they, oh, am I authentic if I pursue such career and opportunity? But um, the first thing I mentioned to you, Aaron, is, right, so you are someone who has a business and, you know, you're you're doing this. You're not just relying on podcasts. So perhaps it's time for you to talk about, like, the balance between your show and your business. Yeah, this is, um, it, it was definitely interesting for me to have arrived. And first of all, thank you for, you know, that that those are flattering words coming from you, somebody I respect and, and <laughs> really admire a lot. So for you to say that about that first impression of my site means a lot. So thank you. But uh, yeah, as far as me and how I kind of integrate my show from a business standpoint, it's kind of it's kind of fun because first of all, I love doing this so much. I would I would, and it doesn't mean I'm going to settle for, but I would actually do this if it made no money because I just I just like it that much. But businesses don't tend to sustain themselves if they're not making any revenue. So therein lies the you know how do we turn this into something. Uh, that is sustainable financially. So what's interesting for me is, you know, as you mentioned, when we started the show, my traditional career was as a police officer. And I still, I'm a captain now here in New Jersey. And I still have, I still have 12 months left before I completely leave and retire from and kind of pension out from that job. But at the same time, I have my show, I have coaching practice. I just authored my first book and uh, I have an online course. So for me, what I decided to do when I realized, A, that I was going to start this podcast and when I finally kind of took the training wheels off and started feeling more comfortable just actually doing the show without wigging out every episode, uh, that's when I started thinking about how do I make this into a, a business. So for me, simply offering something that kind of... To me, I like to think it kind of naturally leads into uh, the other things and other skill sets I have. Like my traditional, my career was in law enforcement, but my graduate degree was in leadership. Uh, I kind of minored in professional coaching. So coaching is something I do on the side. I do one-on-one coaching. And I also have this online course, which kind of is like a different uh, plateau service from me. And then I have my book. So the podcast for me is gives me the opportunity to offer those things on the intro and outro. So, you know, anybody listening to the show before the show, you I'm sure you heard uh, you, you will have heard a bumper either advertising my book to get my book for free, uh, a live event uh, that may or may not have already happened by the time this episode releases. I like to show because it'll naturally attract people that would be interested in my service. So, in other words, like Unbreakable Success is mainly about entrepreneurship, but more so a lot of times it's on the mindset side of things in addition to the strategy. So, you know, my book is on influence. So people that are in business, you know, everybody's teaching how to do sales funnels and lead pages and and, and lead magnets and email automation. But the trick to that is, and what I constantly see from meeting with entrepreneurs, the frustration comes in, they learn how to do that stuff. They learn how to set all those technical things in place. But those are just, it's a blank slate. Like you can do all that work to have a landing page and an email automation system and a lead magnet for people to get. But if you don't know how to connect with people authentically and you don't know the the triggers of influence and all that stuff, you're kind of left out in the cold because it's like, wait a minute, nobody taught me 
what I need to say or how I need to say it or how am I going to relate to these people? What do they want to know? Like, what is it that I could say that could tap into their emotions? And that's that's what I like to offer through my services. So uh, it's kind of organic for me because the things that I enjoy doing outside of interviewing help with that. Um, it really it really helps with with the influence and all that kind of stuff. You're listening to the Face World podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. Today on the show, we have Aaron Keith Hawkins, who is an FBI agent and also a podcaster, an author, and an executive coach. Yeah, I, I love this conversation because. Again, I, I look to the list of guests I've interviewed, you know, Chris Voss being, um, I mentioned him briefly. I haven't had a lot of police officers. Chris happens to be one of them and who also leveraged his expertise uh, as an, I think, FBI agent, hostage negotiation expert, you know. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the, you said there's some translation happening between what you do, what you learned on on the job versus yeah. what you end up teaching people. So like, what are some of the examples perhaps? Yeah, it's, it's funny. You and I were talking a little bit earlier about how sometimes there's things that you don't think should be mentioned about ourselves. Like for me, it, 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 it took me for a while to even, I think I'm at, at this point I have like 50s, probably by the time the show comes out, we're at 50 something, maybe 60 or so episodes. And I don't know how much, if at all, I mentioned my other career during my own show. It just never came up. And I, I realized in, in hindsight is one of those things I almost felt like I, I didn't want to bring up because it didn't fully translate into the mindset world and the entrepreneurial world just because I assumed that people wouldn't want to hear about that. But as we were talking earlier, it's that the, the truth is really those things about ourselves, no matter, you know, for all of you that are listening and, and for you, Faye, that, like I said, we talked about it, you know, are those things that kind of make us interesting and set us apart from everybody else is really what helps the most. And I think what gives me the most leverage as as a coach and as a you know keynote speaker and a trainer and all this, these things that I do outside of that law enforcement world. For me, the leverage came from decades of experience, seeing people in their worst moments or going through their worst experiences and learning for myself how to process all of that stuff. And it really helped on a few standpoints. Number one, as a coach and somebody who's looking to support people, uh, whether it's in business or in a relationship, because I've coached people on different things. Uh, some Sometimes it's strictly business related. Sometimes it's just relationship related. The ability to have seen some of the most horrific things really helps for me. It takes the edge off for me internally. So when I respond to whatever it is they want help with or they're, or they're struggling with, it's for me, it softens the blow because there's not a whole lot that somebody can tell me where I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, you're a mess <laughs> because I've because I've seen so much more. And it and it but it also helped me in a lot of ways with empathy, empathy, because you have to, I had to learn in that job as a police officer to empathize without becoming overly emotional to the point where 
I can't kind of register and strategize, okay, what do we do from here? So having a couple decades of caring, but also being able to isolate it, separate, look at the situation and say, and say okay, this is bad. So, all right, let's, let's just deal with this and let's figure it out. I mean, I think it makes so much sense. I interviewed a lot of doctors who, yeah. you know, do say that when they go home, they see their children and they have such a different perspective. Yeah. They've seen juvenile cancer. They've, they've seen a lot of the, the worst things that could happen at the hospital. Yeah. And I think same goes for you. And I know it's hard, I mean, without sharing names and maybe specific situations, like what are, what are some of the memories that you may have as in that, that really perhaps hit you? Because I, I think we can all imagine what some of the situations are. But yeah. I'd love to hear maybe a, a story that you could recall recently or from long long ago. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there, there's so many. So I mean, I, I won't get into some stories just for the sake of you know making them overly dramatic. But I'll use some that are really that can really be tangible to probably most listeners. So there are times, as I'm sure you can imagine, there are times where some people wind up dealing with or having the same issues resurface repeatedly. So for example, there may be some uh, households where the family members are just fighting each other over and over and over again. And you're, and you know, I mean, this started from early in my career. We wind up going back to the same house over and over again, every day, every other day, every week, at least every month. And it was just, it was so exasperating to watch because you wind up thinking, how are you still dealing with the same issue? You you know this is a problem. You know the same issues are coming up. How have you never moved forward? And it really helped me realize that in 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 business, for people that are looking to succeed at something and they keep struggling in the same way, it helped me early on realize, okay, if something isn't working in business, because a lot of times entrepreneurs will be faced with the same struggles, they can't scale or they're not attracting the right clients or they they can't, you know, they can't close, they're not connecting correctly with when they do reach people, or if they have, you know, if it's a coach, whether it's a fitness coach, relationship coach, or whatever, when they have those consultations or they have those conversations, they're just not connecting with the people in the way that they want to. But it's happened repeatedly. So you know, those two stories translate because it it helped me to realize that very early on, when you see a problem happen more than once, then it's time to learn something new. <laughs> it really is like, don't just get through the day and survive it and grin and bear it. Learn something intentionally that's going to intervene the next time. So from a business standpoint, if, if, if an entrepreneur is unhappy with their close rate when it comes to um, getting a new client for whether they're a marketer, you know, they have an agency where they, or whether they, uh, you know, they're a mindset coach, whatever it is. If they're having that problem, they need to learn a new skill that they can use and implement the next time it happens. So in the case of the families, they need to learn a new skill when it comes to, okay, what am I going to do next time this, this disagreement happens? And the same thing in business, they need to learn, what am I going to do the next time I'm faced with this same situation? And that's not something that, um, it's not something that's usually thought about in, in, in that fashion, at least from my experience. Uh, but seeing that happen so many times, it's where my brain goes first is 
when I see or hear of a problem, I look for the place where something can be plugged in, like exactly where this is happening, and let's let's have it let's insert a new behavior right here and get real specific with it. And I find it to be helpful. I think this model has worked for a lot of the people. For example, our mutual friend Jocelyn Duffy, who has yeah. figured out copywriting or writing in general that works yeah. and the writing that does not work at all. Um, yeah. I say that and I know that's not the only style, but uh, I'm a huge fan of seeing people finding their niche, right? Yeah. Finding how they're different. Uh, and also as you acquire more customers, so you can actually test out uh, like beta test what works, yeah. what doesn't work. And I see that all the time with my work as well. Even just even with designing an online course, I see where people get stuck, where they yeah. keep moving forward. What are maybe a couple of things that you would um, provide to your customers? Like what are some of the things maybe you see as they, where they get stuck? Yeah, uh, I, I can. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, there's a few things, and I, and I'll say this from I'll say this from an, an influence standpoint because that's that's just what's been top of my mind because I've been this this book has consumed me for the past month and that, and that's what uh yeah that's what that's what the book is about. So there are four things that come to top of mind with people that I've worked with one on one and people that I just I know of and I've seen them struggle. One of the biggest things that I I think entrepreneurs, in my experience, have missed is the fact that. We are always influencing, like 100 percent of the time. What I mean by that is is if you have a brand or a business, everything you do that is seen by another human being is influence. It, there's no turning it off. So everything that's on your social media, the way it looks, your colors, your design, how much effort you either you or your designer has put into it. Like you mentioned, uh, and thank you so much because you mentioned it when you looked at my website, makes me feel better. Like I'm, I'm practicing what I preach. Uh, you look, you said you looked at my website and right away you got it. And I see a lot of phenomenally skilled business owners who I know personally, and I know that they know their business. And if somebody would work with them, they would get a lot of help. But if I go to their site or if I go to their social media platforms, I wouldn't know that. Like, I only know how good they are because I've gotten to know them personally. So the problem is one of the problems is because they and I don't say this judgmentally. They haven't completely implemented the idea that their website and their socials, that's sending a message. And if the site is confusing or it's vague or it looks like it's like the first iteration of Amazon like from the 90s, it's sending the wrong message. It's not saying in 2018, I'm the person who is the expert at this. And that inattention to the fact that that is a message that is influenced to your potential clients is is one of the biggest and one of the and fortunately one of the easiest to fix is the idea that everything you're doing is sending a communication and you need to re to remember that. That's that's one of the big ones. The second two, I'll put them side by side. Number one is a lack of generosity. And number three is a lack of boundaries. And I know they may sound kind of counterintuitive, like, wait a minute, you're saying to be generous and put up boundaries at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of, and this has changed, this has evolved. And this is one of those things that comes to paying attention to the marketplace. 
there are still people that are teaching um, that are saying if you have a skill set and you want to attract clients, you need to tell people just enough so that they're interested in what you do, but don't don't really teach them anything. Just kind of teach them what they need to know and then make them pay to get the teaching. That, it, to me, in my experience, is an outdated way of thinking because it's 2000 at the time of this recording. It's 2018. Information is free. There is nothing that most of us are selling that can't be garnered for free from somewhere else. Yes, we all have our unique thing. Nobody, nobody can do what you do in the way that you do it, just like nobody can do what I do in the way that I do it. But in reality, if somebody wants to learn about influence, they could probably find something, some book somewhere, or somebody else teaching it, and they can probably get some info with it for free, just like you with your podcasting and stuff. Everything is free. So the idea that we're going to hedge what we share freely is just a failing strategy. Nobody's going to be so impressed and and think like, okay, so this person is telling me I need to learn about, so I'll use me for an example. If I were to go and tell people how important influence is and what the, the fact that it's impacting everything in their life, but then I don't give them anything to help them with it and say, if you pay, I'll teach you what those things are. Yeah, I know. It's almost like a playing a trick on somebody. Yeah. Um, like yeah. over, uh, I definitely know exactly. I, I've been there. I think we've all been yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. People over promising, under deliver, yeah. and you don't yeah. find out about that until you already entered your yeah. email, your contact information, and you find yeah. out nothing. Yeah, that, that, that lack of generosity causes a, pr- a problem. Because if you give and you give freely and it works, they'll come back. They're going to come back to you. You're not going to give somebody something that's useful and then they say, thank you, and I never want to see you again. They're going to come back because they want to take that deeper experience with you. And then as far as real quick, as far as the boundaries go, if we don't have boundaries, and this may sound counterintuitive, but when I say boundaries, it's probably easiest to think of it in terms of values. People need to know what's important to you. Like for me and what I hope gets exuded when people listen to either listen to my show or or go to my website or whatever they read, it is my intention and my hope that people understand that I'm a very empathetic person. I don't beat people over the head with stuff. I'm kind of a, I like to, I kind of soften the blow a lot. That's just kind of my personality. That's who I am. So I don't try to be Gary V with people because I'm not Gary V. I happen to love Gary V. I just know that I'm not him. So if I were to try to come on to, if I were tr- going to try to present myself and my brand as Gary Vaynerchuk because he's successful, so I should emulate him. Well, his values aren't necessarily, when I say values, I don't, I don't mean his his character like he has bad values, but his his persona, like who he is, you know, he presents himself as him. And in the same way, all of us have to, we have to have our boundaries around, okay, this is this is the person I am, and I need to be genuine about this. And I need to let people know who I am, what I stand for, how I do business, how I communicate, and have some have some strong lines in the sand as far as, you know, what you're presenting to the world. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're early on, they, there's so much for us to, and Faye, you know this, there's so much for us to learn. It's sometimes hard to convince ourselves that it's okay to just say what's important to us and be the person that we want to be without thinking that we need to appease and satisfy and make sure we don't offend everybody. Uh, I've, it took me a while to get over that. I'm over it now. <laughs> and, and life has gotten so much easier once I just decided that to, to forget about that stuff and just 
draw my lines, lines in my sand. This is who I am. This is what's important to me, and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Hi there. It's Faye again. Thanks so much for listening to part one of the interview. Don't forget, there is part two, and it's available right now because we release two parts together every week. If you're on your podcast app, all you have to do is go to your episodes and scroll right up. Part two should appear right above part one. And if you're using a different app like I am, I love Overcast, the way that you will find uh, part two is under unplayed episodes should also be right above part one. 